This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat Extra. Is all hope of ever having a labor party in America now gone? Shall we just forget about a labor party? I asked that question last Friday when I was sitting in and watching as the AFL-CIO top leaders discussed endorsing Biden-Harris for 2024. This was the earliest that they have ever endorsed. I can remember when they didn't endorse at all in primaries and way back when they didn't endorse until pretty much right before election time. But we've always thought that there was going to be a labor party in America someday. We see labor parties all over Europe and all over Asia, and we see them succeed sometimes. We see them actually take power. And we see parties that give working people a real choice to vote for someone that's going to be with them on all things and not some kind of a compromise or some kind of a lesser evil. So we used to think that we'd have a labor party someday as some kind of an interim step for working families who want to vote for workers. As long as I've been around the progressive movement, which is well over 50 years, we've expected to see some kind of an American workers party break the two-party stranglehold over politics. Working families then would have a real alternative at the polls, or so we imagined. But it didn't happen, and isn't closer to happening at all, and the fact that the AFL-CIO has endorsed at its earliest time ever tells me maybe it's time to just give up on it. Take a look at the history of third parties. I know about some of them. The last successful one was the Republican Party around 1859. It was a third party. What a thrill it must have been for the progressive of those days because a lot of them were abolitionists. And for the first time, they felt that they had a political party that offered the real hope of ending the very worst of all ingrained American practices, slavery. Well, moving on up to the, what, 1890s? There were the populists. Here in Texas, they were called the People's Party. Around the country, they were called the populists. They were mostly farmers, and farmers that knew that their, their political power was slipping and so they wanted their own political party. It was called the Progressive Movement or the Populist Party, or here in Texas, the People's Party. They died, I think it was 1896, when they endorsed the Democratic Party candidate for president. A little later, Victor Eugene Debs and the Socialists got a significant number of votes. Eugene Debs and the Socialists were able to get a million votes in 1919, I think it was, when Debs was in prison. So that was really sensational, but it didn't really threaten the two-party system. 
President Theodore Roosevelt tried to get his career restarted with the Bull Moose Party right before World War I, I think, but that didn't get very far. In 1947, in a very romantic move, former Vice President Henry Wallace tried to save the Franklin Roosevelt New Deal program by running on his own, an independent party. I think they called it the American Party. I always thought that was a pretty big deal, but I recently read that he only received a paltry 2.8% of the popular vote. Now, most of his votes came from the Democrats, and yet Truman was still able to defeat the Republican Dewey in that race. In our own time, some of us can remember when billionaire Ross Perot got enough votes, and most of them came from the Republicans. He got enough votes, and I think it was 19%. He got enough votes to make sure that Democrat Bill Clinton won the presidency. And every now and then, in local races at least, we see the Green Party make some small inroads and get some of the votes away from Democrats but they have been pretty embarrassed when it was revealed that they were taking money from the Republicans. So most third parties haven't done very well. The two-party system is very, very firmly ensconced in America, not because people believe in it, but because it would be legally very, very difficult to change it. In 2016 and 2020, lots and lots of American young people thought that Bernie Sanders would either take over the Democratic Party from inside it or that he would be creating a powerful new progressive party. But today, Bernie had already endorsed Biden-Harris even before the AFL-CIO did. So there's no Labor Party going to come out of that. And I don't know what all those young revolutionaries may be thinking today because they were counting on Bernie to break the two-party system, and that looks like it's not going to happen. Today there is a new party called the No Label Party, and I've read that the Democrats are worried about it. They think somebody is starting it just to pull votes away from the Democrats so that the Republicans will win. It's financed by mysterious dark money, by really, really rich people. And it may take some Democrat votes, and it may throw the 2024 election to Trump, but I doubt it. And one thing is pretty sure, it is not going to replace the two-party system. It may have a big effect, but it is not going to replace the two-party system in America. There is, just as an aside, let me mention that there is a party called the Working Families Party. And in some states, they are allowed to endorse Democrats so that the Democrats will have two endorsements, one from the Democratic Party and the other one from the Working Families Party. And in those states, the Working Families Party sometimes looks pretty good. But they don't look that great in Texas and in states where they don't have that right to endorse the Democrats or Republicans. When I first heard of it, this was back in the 1960s, 
a workers' party just made sense to me. The unions still had over 20% of the workforce organized and were very, very strong in politics, much stronger than we are today. There were labor parties here and there in other countries that were in and out of power from time to time. It just seemed like a natural intermediate step. But there are several reasons today to consider just giving up on the idea. For one thing, we were wrong about labor parties to begin with. The places where they have labor parties also have parliamentary systems for their elections. In other words, they divide up the number of seats in their parliament according to the percentage of votes that they get. If somebody gets 12% of the vote, they get roughly 12% of the seats in their parliament. It's not like that here in America. Here in America, it's winner take all. You get 12% in American elections, you got nothing. You get 49.9% of the percentage vote in America, you get nothing. Well, unless the Supreme Court throws the, the, the election to you like it did for George Bush. But anyway, you don't get anything unless you get over 50% in, ele in American elections. It's winner take all. For another thing, the organized unions that we were expecting to move up to the next stage of political power have actually diminished. We had about 35% of the workforce organized in the early 1950s, and we have about 10.1% now. If you're only looking in the private sector, it's more like 6%. I understand that our percentage of the workforce is the lowest it has been in nearly 100 years. So you'd have to go all the way back to the big upsurge that started in 1935 to see American workforce organizing lower than it is today. Even if the unions wanted to launch a workers' party, they just might not have the strength. I mean, I know I'm painting a very dark picture. I'm well known for my cynicism. But there's a bright side to this. We may not need a labor party. The positive way of looking at American electoral politics is to consider that progressives may not need any kind of political party to win power. What stage we are in may not matter. Stages may not matter. With modern technology, especially mobile phones, smart people with a good program and a winning organizational model could organize almost anything in a matter of days. That's what happened. We saw it happen in the Arab Spring countries a couple of years ago. They did not have an interim political stage. They didn't have a labor party. They went straight from powerless to powerful. So did the labor party idea just wear away? Not so many years ago, I can remember top labor leaders saying, that they too wanted a workers' party. They said that building our political strength year by year within the two-party system would eventually give us the power to move off on our own.
Now I'm wondering if they were even serious. I also wonder if the hope for a Labor Party is still alive anywhere among the top union leaders. I tried to find out last Friday when I was listening in to the top leaders as they discussed endorsing Biden-Harris at the earliest time ever. I tried to find out by asking, is all hope for a labor party in America gone? I was watching them on a webinar and I asked innocently, does this mean we are giving up on the workers party idea? I didn't get an answer. In fact, I got kicked out of the meeting. It might have been an error. People make errors on webinars. This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat Extra.